1: Feeling about
3: this. Welcome to episode 96 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart.
4: And I'm your host, Will Witten.
3: And we have a very special guest this week. He is a certified, self-proclaimed dick man, not a cock man. Boy, does he have a bone to pick with one Mr. Chuck Windig. He is a pathfinder in the Andromeda galaxy, and he is a good friend, Mr. Brad Love.
0: How's it going, guys?
3: How's it going, buddy?
0: Going good. It's all good.
3: So, uh, thanks for coming on sort of short notice, Brad. Uh, I didn't think Will was going to be able to record. And then I was like, oh, I bet you Brad would do it. I bet you Brad would record with me. And then you both. I doesn't have a <laughs> he's always available.
0: No, <laughs> no,
3: no. <laughs> and then both of you guys were like, hey, you want pie? Yeah, yeah let's do it today. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> and we are recording this on a, at least in Alabama, beautiful. Saturday afternoon, just a few short days away from Star Wars Celebration the Orlando, celebration. which I am so excited about. My first vacation in seven years, and it's Star Wars themed. I don't think it gets any better than that, guys.
4: I don't think so. Now, no,
3: I don't think so. <clears throat> since we are just a few days from celebration, we have pff, fuck all for Star Wars <laughs> news. So. We're going to get to know uh, our buddy Brad a little better. I don't know. I think we know him pretty well. We'll get we'll let you guys get to know him a little better.
4: I have one Star Wars news question. Okay. That Well, is even is Timothy Zahn writing a new Thrawn yes book it
3: comes out this week. Okay. Yeah, Cuz I saw that and I was like, isn't he the guy
4: that wrote the original Yep. Thrawn trilogy?
3: Yep. They well, you know they brought him back into canon with Rebels. Right. Um and they, when they announced that, they also announced that he, that Timothy Zahn was going to be doing a Thrawn book that basically covers his career in the Empire leading up to Rebels. Okay. And that's what's coming out this week. A very, right. very pimp special edition of that book is going to be on sale at Star Wars celebrations. I'm going to try to get my grubby little mitts on it. We'll see how that Ooh, goes. Sweet. I hope you anyway. guys. Don't mind a little business before we get into oh. it. Oh, Love the business. Oh, two guys that love the business. There's you nothing more do. than I like them being on a Skype phone call with two guys that like when I give them the business. Like mm, us on business. Facebook. Facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Email us at Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com and buy our merchandise, shirts, mugs, notebooks, and all that good stuff, at tpublic.com slash user slash podcast. We are so stoked to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. And guys, if you are going to celebration, and like myself, you are a fan of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, boy do I have something cool to tell you about. That is the official Making Star Wars podcast network Star Wars Celebration Orlando party. That's going to be going on on April 14th. That's Friday, April 14th, from 10:30 to 10:30 p.m. That's important to 1:30 a.m. at Marlowe's Tavern in Orlando, Florida. Now, Marlowe's Tavern is about a five-minute walk from Star Wars Celebration, so finish up your shit on Celebration and come on down. Tickets are 25 bucks a piece, and with each ticket, you get two, that's right, two drink tickets, and uh, everybody likes a couple of drinks, so come on down. There's going to be some live podcasting. There's going to be some drinking, eat some good food. I checked out the menu to this place, and Man, it looks tasty, I gotta say. It looks like a tasty place. But I'm jealous. featured in this live show podcast party <laughs> extravaganza will be, Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, Force Cult, and Baloo Harvest. So uh, if you ever wanted to come down and see how awkward I am in person, <laughs> that'll only cost you 25 fucking bucks, my friend so uh yeah guys uh Wait till you
4: get a couple cocktails in you the,
3: the, uh not so awkward the uh yeah i gotta i gotta walk the line on that or roll the line i guess <laughs> i don't need to be getting uh you know as trashed as that night we went out with goose and berkeley and all all those guys i don't need to be getting That's that trashed Big Macs. no no throwing you left
4: up. all those voicemails for johnny grasso
3: Thank you for reminding me of the (sighs) most embarrassing element of the entire evening. Um, It was fun. It was fun. But you know what? I have not been hammered to that extent since, and I I don't think I'm going to since, uh, again. I say that now, but then, like, in a couple of weeks when we get back together to record after Celebration, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm still hungover. (laughs) Ugh. It was the Jedi juice. Every part of my body hurts. Oh, So, hopefully I can uh, curtail the drinking a little bit. Anyway, like I said when we started the show, we have a very special guest. So, let's get to know this guy a little bit better. Uh, Brad, buddy. This is something I yes. wasn't, I'm not even as sure of. Uh, how, how did you get turned on to our goofy little podcast? Uh, that is a weird, long story.
0: Uh go for it. I'll try to condense it a bit. But uh I was getting into comedy a while back and a buddy of mine told me about I should try podcasts out because some you know there's comedy podcasts and but I you know there's so many American podcasts or <sighs> American uh, uh comedians that I watch up here. So I figured you know I'll try something new. So I, I literally just googled Australian comedy podcasts and I found something called Something for the drive home. And from there, they mentioned Isle of Green Guide Letters, and I found Steel from there, and then from then, obviously Steel Wars, and then Steel Wars and Isle of Green Guide Letters introduce you to so many podcasts. Yes, they do. You, you <laughs> will not be able to keep up, but yeah, I sort of went the long way around to find to find a podcast in America, but yeah, here I am
3: listening a bunch,
0: Play a bunch an of playing ones on the Make Stars sure now
3: playing xbox with a couple of chill guys from alabama they're like oh you listen to the podcast come play some for honor with us buddy
4: yeah right yep
3: uh man steel steel is the king the emperor of potting it forward oh my goodness he
4: is he is the the schmoozer the podcast schmooze He he
3: introduces everybody to everything schmooze isn't the right term schmooze is not classy and powerful enough like he is like i don't know he's like (laughs) that first so like when you're a kid and you find that first band in your in your new favorite genre of music and then like you're like oh they tour with this band let me listen to that band and then you listen to that band and you're like oh they did a tour with it you know what i'm saying and like it spreads out from there steel is like that guy because brad's story not uncommon for how people started listening to blue harvest and i for the life of me i cannot imagine how steel was like hey i'm i'm on this episode of this show called blue harvest you should check it out and people are like oh i'll check that out and it's me nervously talking to steel about oh how bad are the spiders over there man um oh, spiders fucking freak me out and they were like, you know what? I'm going to stick with this. This is good content. But thank you. Thank you for sticking around. So, Brad, buddy, how did you get into uh, this thing we love so much, the Star Wars? Um, I don't really remember. I remember
0: um, actually the Star Wars Underworld posted recently that the, uh, the Phantom Menace was released on VHS actually on my birthday back in 2000 or 99 or something like that. So that's the first thing I remember is Getting that for my birthday The Phantom Menace Because I would have been, I don't know, six or something at the time
3: So Phantom and, Menace uh, was the first one you ever saw
0: Yeah, it's the first one I remember seeing for sure Oh, yeah. interesting Yeah, and then uh, obviously uh, After Duel of the Fates, I mean, you're pretty much hooked You can't not be And uh Watched them all, and then, then uh, I was uh, able to watch two and three in theaters, which was pretty sweet. Right. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, it became an obsession for sure. Spent a lot of money on it, way too much money. But
3: it's a lot of fun, meeting a lot of great people. And uh, who's your favorite character? Um, It's always
0: been Darth Vader. Cool.
3: But recently, it might be Sheev. Oh, really? You're you're a big but Sheev yeah. guy. Oh my! Oh man. There is a there is a redneck close to my heart, probably driving around in a four wheel death machine through mud and obstacles right now. That when he hears that, he's gonna be like, "I knew Brad was not my dude." My my! Oh my! <laughs> Sheev Palpatine. Oh Sheev, that's cool. Um,
0: yeah. so yeah, about his um. Something about that whole plot in the prequels with, like, I didn't really understand it at the time because I was young, but, you know, recently it's like, it's very well thought out to get people to fight against each other, but they're both fighting for him. It's
3: I I will maintain that that is probably one of the strongest thing about the prequel trilogies is Palpatine's whole long con that he pulls to get control of the Republic and turn it into the Empire. It is really good, I feel like. Yeah. Sure. Um, and what
4: I loved growing up was uh, I was even a kid, you know, teenager watching these movies and people would be like, that's not, that's not, you know, Darth Sidious isn't Emperor Palpatine. That's not Emperor Palpatine. Darth, they're two different people. And I'm like,
3: no, you idiots. They're no. the same. Like, same guy. Yeah. You're um, not
4: here the voice at all.
3: Do you not look in the credits and see who's playing? Like, that's the easiest solution to that, in my opinion. Right. Um." So being such a big Sheev Palpatine fan, Brad, how interested would you be in like a standalone or a spin-off movie that sort of went into his past a little bit? What would you feel about sort of a Sheev centric movie?
0: Um yeah, I would like it, but the only thing is the guy would have to be able to pull off the voice. Because I think right. like the most iconic, like even some of my favorite lines are are uh, from Sheev like you have the uh, the intro to Rogue One the the Sheeve line there. Like he's very I don't know, maybe if they can do it and have uh, E McDermott dub all the lines. Right. I don't know. They gotta do something like that or de age him or something. Because <coughs> the, the voice I think is the the most iconic part of that character.
3: Yeah, you know, very if s- if it's dealing with see I I like those books where we saw sort of saw Sheev with Plagueis the books that aren't canon now. So, if you're going sort of younger, uh, Palpatine, I guess you could recast and he doesn't really have to do the, uh, full on Emperor voice so much. What yeah, I'd I guess. like is, and I don't know in what form this would come, I would love to see Ian McDermott reprise the role one more time at least, now that we're getting these spinoffs. Like, if, if they ever do, say, like a Darth Vader movie, then you got to have Ian McDerm- McDermott show up and, um, and play the Emperor one more time, I think. Do you think they'll do a Darth Vader movie? You know, I, it was something that I would have said, man, I don't think so. But as well received as that last two minutes of Rogue One has been, you got to think that somewhere at Lucasfilm, they're at least toying around with the idea. Um, and I think it could be I, cool.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling they're eventually going to do every, everything, really. I mean, people are saying, are they going to do the Boba Fett? It's like, you know, they may not do it in the next couple of years, but it's going to happen eventually.
3: Yeah, they're going to do it, it's and it's mind. going to be awesome for the word. I just want to throw that out there. The Boba Fett movie is going to be awesome. just want to make sure and plant that flag in the sand right now.
4: I'm just saying, if they're going to do a Darth Vader movie, they better hurry up, because James Earl Jones ain't no sprung chicken.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um
4: not that I think he's on his deathbed by any means, but you know. No, no. I mean, he seems.
0: Yeah, he did sound a little bit different in uh, in Rogue One, though, right? Yeah, it's I mean, bit... that's
3: age. You know, that's just.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you know? if they wait till he's you know older, even older, he might sound even different. So it might. Yeah. They should just get him to. Have you ever seen uh, Mission Impossible? I think it was three, where they re- he got the guy to say that line, and it, they could use that to. Uh, you know, take every so different type of sounding word, and they could speak in the same language. They should do that with James Earl Jones. So <laughs> Vader lives around,
3: lives on forever. Matthew Wood <clears> and <throat> Ben Burt get in on that. Get just yeah, exactly. Just uh, go have him sit down and record every word imaginable in every <laughs> inflection and tone imaginable, and we can we can just have him show up whenever he needs to. Um, exactly. What's your favorite Star Wars movie?
0: uh probably empire strikes back oh
3: man my man
4: <laughs> um, i
0: mean everyone says that yeah it's i mean it's the best one there's no
3: doubt about so, that we kind of talked about it but what would be your what would you like to see most in a spin-off movie is there a spin-off movie idea that really like gets you going gets you excited to see or is it just you know, whatever they're gonna do, I'm cool with. What What would you like to see as far as one of these standalone spinoff movies?
0: Um, I would like something more Empire centric. You know what I mean? Uh, they, I love the Empire, so if they could do, I don't know, follow. Yeah, the Vader movie might do it, or maybe they do like a young Tarkin or something, or the the Sheev movie would something like that. It's just I love my favorite parts of all the films are. When they show the bad guys, so. Uh,
3: did you read the Tarkin
0: book? Yep. There's. Some... I think I'm up to date on all the canon except for a few of the
3: comics. Right on. There's a cool bit in the Tarkin book. It's actually a, a pretty big part of it where it shows like <clears throat> the trials his family put him through and stuff, and basically like yep. young, young Tarkin. That kind of story I think could be really cool. Um. And then. You know almost how they did in the Tarkin book where it it's like set in quote unquote present time with older Tarkin um and they're looking for that ship or whatever, but it flashes back and shows how Tarkin became the man he ended up being. That would be an interesting movie. It's not one that I see them being like, "Oh, we got to get this oh, out. No. People are dying for a Tarkin movie um,
0: so yeah, I mean some of the movies I would want, they probably would never do.
3: Oh yeah, yeah I, I mean same here. Like
0: a like the office except, you know, sitting around in the in a Star
3: Destroyer <laughs> or something.
0: You know? like um, they'll never make that, but
3: here's a question. Do you feel like if they were to give us, say, a young Palpatine movie that sort of showed him, you know, becoming a Sith and, and his training with Plagueis and stuff, do you feel like that kind of gets into that Yoda territory where if you show too much it kills a little of the the mystery of the character?
4: I do. I mean, I feel that way personally, but,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, it it would, depends how they do it. I mean, if, if they're showing, if they show him sort of start to manipulate people, maybe he's even manipulating his own master. They could make him like, even, they could expand on the badassness of that character. Yeah. But if they're just sort of doing like, a, oh, he's a little kid and, oh, look at him. He you know, killed a rabbit or something. He's evil. That'd be, I wouldn't, that would be the worst.
3: I'm torn on that because I agree with keeping the mystery of certain characters like Palpatine and Yoda. But on the other hand, I want to know about those characters so much that I would be interested. Like Yoda is easier to do like a pre Phantom Menace timeline movie of because he's been alive for so long. That you could do like a Yoda adventure without killing the mystery, I feel. Yeah. Palpatine, you know, he's a human. Yeah, you got to guess that they probably have a similar lifespan to humans do on Earth. So, you know, how old is Palpatine in Return of the Jedi? 60 or 70? You have a lot less time to sort of fill in with him. And,
4: I mean, I think the key is how old is he in Phantom of the Menace? Like,
3: that's a gotta question. be like forty
0: or something, right? Yeah. Something
3: like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. And yeah, there's
0: plenty of time for
4: So you've got basically, you know, young adulthood and middle age that you could cover before you even get to the Phantom of the Menace. Phantom of the Menace. Yeah, oh man, Phantom, Phantom of the Menace.
3: Phantom of the Menace. Marnus, my favorite one. Phantom of the Menace. <laughs> um Brad, you're a as we've discussed on the show a couple of times, you're a pretty big video game fan. Do you have a favorite Star Wars video game? Uh yeah, probably the the old battlefronts.
0: I uh, mean my brothers played those so much. They were good. To the point where yeah, that that's the first time we, we each got our own PlayStation because we got our own copies because we didn't want to wait.
3: <laughs> we, used up
0: all our we didn't want to wait for the other guy to finish the match. That's cool. Yeah, it's yeah, they're the best ones for sure.
4: Those those space battles where you could fly in each other's ships and stuff.
3: Oh, man, yeah. in Battlefront 2, awesome. where you could yeah. fly into like the hangar of a Star Destroyer and go in and fuck up the core and like sabotage yep. it on the inside and then jump back in your ship and fly out if it was still there. Yeah, that, that was shit neat. was cool. That shit was cool. <sighs> I'd like to see uh, Battlefront 2 take some cues from the previous Battlefront 2 and and give us that sort of thing. When is also Battlefront? See, two coming out? Uh this this winter.
4: Okay. They're actually
3: soon. um debuting the first footage from it at Celebration and I'm gonna try to go to that panel and take check it out. Righteous. What were you gonna say, Brad, that you'd like to see them do with Battlefront?
0: Oh, uh, I was going to say bring some of the the prequels back because I remember it was always really fun rolling around with the the droid because and uh, I think it was Battlefront 2. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Peekers aren't the best, but I mean, people love them and there are very good parts of them. So I would love to see.
3: Yeah, I I think they're going to. They've had some statements that Battlefront 2 is going to cover all eras of Star Wars. And you gotta imagine when they say all eras, they mean prequel, original trilogy and sequel trilogy. yeah, um, yeah I don't like when something like Battlefront, like you know if it if it's a story based game and it's set in you know a specific era, then I don't mind if it doesn't have prequel references in it and stuff. But if they do Battlefront where you can conceivably set it anywhere, it does because it, it's not part of Canon. You know, the multiplayer portion, then yeah, give me the characters and the maps and all the ships and stuff. Um, didn't they when
0: it first came out, didn't they say Battlefront was gonna be canon? Well it's like <clears throat>
3: Yeah, but like, Oh, I just I killed Vader, I mean, on Tatooine, so <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's no way to make the multiplayer matches canon because shit like that happens. Like Vader yeah. is on Tatooine fighting, you know, Return of the Jedi Luke. You know, they can't really make, but the, the, I imagine they've said there's going to be a campaign for, um, holy shit. There's a giant ass helicopter flying over my house. Um, they've announced that there's going to be a, um, campaign for battlefront two. And I imagine they'll say that's Canon. So, you know, that'll be interesting. Um, what do you guys? Are they going incor-
0: do? They have any news of they're going to incorporate prequels and stuff into that, or is it? It's all. I guess they don't have much information at
3: all, do they? Not on the campaign. Uh, I imagine there there's probably a way that they could ha- do a story campaign that spans all three eras of Star Wars.
4: I'll tell you this: the Battlefront Two story that basically told the story of the Five O First. From being clone army to being Darth Vader's personal army. That was neat. That was neat as hell. Like, I enjoyed the hell out of that.
3: Yeah, I remember. Isn't it the first mission in the Battlefront 2 campaign where you're on Kamino defending the cloning centers and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, really I think cool. So. Yeah. So, much. yeah. <laughs> um, so, actually, there is, I forgot to mention this, there is one little. Uh, Little but important piece of Star Wars news to cover. Um, Carrie Fisher's brother, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, came out and said that Lucasfilm has permission to use Carrie in Episode Nine, and that they're going to bring her back without CG with pre-existing footage. Now, I don't know exactly what all that means, but uh, it sounds... Kind of like what I, I would like them to do in that horrible situation. Um, yeah, you're kind of thrown into a shitty
0: situation where there's no good answer. But I think if they can do it without CGI, that's probably their best case scenario. Hopefully, yeah. they write, they they're able they have enough footage to write her off without. I mean, killing her. We don't want to. I don't want to die in the theater of just pure hydration loss right but you know if they could yeah I think that's probably the best way to do it
3: I um, I'm telling you right now yeah. If, if they kill Luke Skywalker I'm gonna be fucking curled up in the fetal position on the theater floor and they're just gonna have to like drag me out after that first I, showing I think we're pretty guaranteed
4: I think we're guaranteed Luke Skywalker's death Not necessarily in episode eight, but I don't think he makes
3: it out of the sequel trilogy. So you think not, you don't think he's going to stick around for a potential sequel, sequel trilogy, even?
4: I would love that. I mean, love it. But I feel like as hard as they're pushing these new characters, I feel like that's going to push him right on out. And I'm not sure how much, you know, Mark Hamill is really willing to do.
3: I mean,. Of all the Star Wars participants, I'd say he's probably willing to do the most. He, I don't know if he's just good at putting it on, but man, he seems to enjoy. Seems to be enjoying this resurgence in Star Wars popularity.
4: Where he's not just a voice actor anymore. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I mean, and he's definitely not, uh, you know, Harrison Ford grumpy about it. So, yeah, you know, that's what
4: I fear. Ah.
0: Do you not think that uh, they? Uh, Lucasfilm wants to kill him off just so they can
3: fully commit to the new characters? or Yeah, I mean, so I, think, I could see that being the case. But the other thing I think is, is like, they would also want to use him as... Now, you know, maybe Mark Hamill, when he was like, I'll do the sequel trilogy, but you got to kill me off. And, you know, that's just not public knowledge. But... If he's willing to come back past the sequel, this this trilogy after episode nine, then I say you use him as long as he's willing to do it. The one thing I would say is you got to wrap up Luke's storyline before Mark Hamill is no longer able to play Luke. Be that, you know, passing away or physical ailments yeah, or not wanting to want do him, it.
4: don't want him to just disappear in the shady parts of the galaxy again.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and so in that regard, you know, the eventual death of Luke Skywalker would be preferable to, you know, it, you know. No ending. Right. If, if say, you know, episode nine ends and Luke is still alive and then in a few years they come out with episode ten and they're just like, oh, Luke died a couple of years ago. Here's his memorial. Eh, I don't know that I would really dig that. No. Uh,
0: If you had to choose, do you have a specific way you'd want them to kill him off?
3: You know, I think it would be most fitting and make most sense if he just sort of became one with the Force, Yoda in Obi-Wan style. Um, Be that, you know, in a situation where he's in a fight and he gives himself up to the Force like Obi-Wan did, or like Yoda where he just reached old age and drifted off into the Force. Um. Or, see, that's tough, because I would also want him to go out real fucking heroically.
4: I mean, know? as far as I'm concerned, keep him around until he's Alec Guinness old. You know, make him...
3: Well, I make mean, him, he is Alec Guinness old. Is he really right now? I, I thought
4: Alec Guinness was, like, in his 70s or something.
3: I believe Mark Hamill was the, and Alec Guinness were around the same age. Like, when he did The Force Awakens and Alec Guinness did A New Hope. I could be wrong about that. Mm-mm.
0: But Alice, Alec okay. Guinness
3: had two sons beating on him, so he might have looked a bit older. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Alec Guinness, man. For a character and a portrayal of a character that I love so much, like I just have to push to the back of my li- mind how little he liked being in Star Wars.
4: Right? Thought of it as trash or whatever.
0: So uh did did he change his mind once it came out and it got really big or
3: is it he just
0: the whole time sick of it?
3: I you know, I there have been some letters that he wrote to friends that have come out where he's like, I'm working on this movie Star Wars and it is fucking Yeah, I mean this is not verbatim. I am obviously he's too classy to talk like me. Um <laughs> I am fucking not digging it, man. There's big hairy dog and like it's the writing's not good. And then in his autobiography, which I read, there's a part where he talks about in between the making of a new hope and Empire Strikes Back, he was out somewhere and this little kid and his mom came up to him, and the little kid was like, I've seen Star Wars I saw Star Wars twelve times in theaters. And Alec Guinness sort of like got on to the kid's mom for letting him see Star Wars that much.
4: Yeah, like why and he was his whole attitude was why would you let someone see you know, this sci-fi junk 12 times when you could let your child see some more artistic cinema, you know, like that was his whole approach to it. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, So before we jump into emails, Will and I got a very nice little care package in the mail this week from our favorite Mandalorian, Vinny the Mando Kenobi. And, yeah, uh,
4: Haas sent me a picture of all that awesome stuff. That's so kind and man, so awesome.
3: I am blown away. Like they are, they are literally these Mandalorian mercs. They're taking a page out of the Lucasfilm Boba Fett marketing strategy. Like they got trading cards and patches and stickers. Like this is a for real deal, full on Mandalorian care package. I even think there's like temporary tattoos in here. Ooh. Man, I think that's. What I want to get are. a denim. I want to get a denim vest just to put that patch on. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I am actually. Uh, I'm going to sew this patch into my back skin. That's uh, that's what <laughs> I think I'm going to do. It'll never just leave iron me. it on. Yeah, just iron it onto my back. Uh, and, and and our our dude's got a fucking trading card. Man, that's when you know you're legit and the Star Wars fandom. A fucking motherfucking. Trading card?
4: Yeah, when you got your own trading card, you're a legit Mandalorian.
3: And he is STO-LAS. Species, human, planet of origin, Stu John. Age, 24, era, modern, clan, Wolves of Mandalore. Member since 2015. Man, that is cool. And uh, let me just say, the only thing missing from the back of this card is like uh, back in the 90s. When the like Marvel and DC did their cards, and like if you turned it over, it'd be like a Batman card, and it'd be like special powers. He's a detective. Stats. Yeah, <laughs> stats and stuff. That's what I want on the back of my trading card. What would your special power be on the back of your trading card, Will?
4: Oh, um, oh God,
3: you put me on the spot. Good I know Brad. what mine would be. Crippling self-doubt.
0: Um. <laughs> you know what? That That's might be mine funny. too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so special nice. powers, crippling self-doubt. But uh, thanks, yeah, Vinny Man. That. I'm,
0: when I'm driving, I'll check for my phone
3: 14, 15 times, just in case
0: <laughs> somehow it flew out the window. Who knows?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Brad Love, special power, uh, obsessively, compulsing, compulsively checking for his phone. Will? I, I mean, Will is missing a very ass-crushing. Special power. Ass crushing.
4: <laughs>
3: Perfect. Perfect. But yeah, Vinny, thanks so much, buddy. That fucking tickled my fancy something major when I got that package in the mail. Jesse was like, you got a package in the mail from Vinny the Mandalorian? And I was like, oh, shit, give it to me.
4: <laughs> and I know I know what it takes to tickle Hawes' fancy. And it was tickled.
3: It was tickled. Thoroughly. So, uh, let's do some emails, and then uh, we'll call it a day. You know how we start this segment, my friends? The Ooh. only way to start an email segment on Blue Harvest.
4: I feel like our fan base
3: is single-handedly responsible for the resurgence in Kia D popularity. I know, you made that, that dubious claim last week, and we might have gotten some emails about that. I'll, I'll tease that a little bit, but uh, here we go. Fucking it up. GT, <laughs>
1: <laughs> cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box GT Cockhead <laughs> Running around so you bitch with his cockhead. <laughs> He's a big surprise instead. He loves to split chicks with his pub. <laughs> it gets
4: you
3: it gets you pumped it sure does it gets you psyched Yep. <clears throat> so first up we've got uh, an email from our buddy James and the subject line is good riddance to rebels halls and will First off, I'd like to say a bit about the Rebels finale. What the fuck? So after all was said and done, we got a Battle of Hoth redux. Or is that redo? Redux? Redo? Redux
0: uh, Redux is like, yeah, I think that, that works.
3: Where the only loss or sacrifice was the death of Bindu, and the only victory was... Wait, was there a victory of any sort by any party of consequence? Unfortunately, I don't know if there will ever be a day when I come around to liking Rebels. Enough of the basket case that is Rebels. I've been watching the Rogue One Blu-ray over the last few weeks, and my wife finally watched it with me. I must say that I was shocked to hear her afterwards say that she finds it to be the best of the Star Wars movies. Also, she loved Chirrut and how Donnie Yen did the blindness, and of course, Baze and his 21 guns. I won't go into the technical aspect of the movie, But to summarize, I will say that I agree with her that Rogue One is more interesting in its directing and cinematography. And honestly, I think that that final 10 to 15 minutes of the movie are as dramatic and moving as any of Star Wars. Except maybe the binary sunset in Luke vs. Vader 1 and 2. Perhaps this is blasphemy. Perhaps I'm just an American idiot. I don't know. Oh, I see what he's doing. (laughs) I see what this dude is doing. Anyways, to my question, how do you feel about Rogue One after some watches on Blu-ray? How about the CG on Tarkin? I thought that the Blu-ray looks even better than it did in the theater, and in the long view, does this choice of Gareth, uh, does the choice of Gareth Edwards make you feel as I do that Disney is doing just as good with director choice as with actors? Keep up the moisture farming, Jim in Pittsburgh. P.S. There are a few references here in here for halls. Wake me up when searching ends and see how many you can find. That buddy is trying to get under my skin with some fucking Green Day references. I was about to say, that's chock full of Green Day references. Right? Did you see that? Yeah. Well, well, Jim, I'm going to say one thing. All them Green Day references were dookie. <laughs>
4: um,
3: so, uh, we'll start with you, Brad. We'll go to you first. What do you feel about, how do you feel about, Rogue One now that we're, you know, 4 months or so post release.
0: Uh I think I think it might be my second favorite That's Star Wars cool. film right, right now. Uh, you know I said that when it first came out and hasn't changed at all.
3: The thing is with me like I do love the movie. It just there's something about it that just holds it back from being my absolute favorite or or real high up on my list. And it's honestly something I can't put my finger on. Like, I just, I I guess, go ahead, Will. I feel like it's because it's so modern.
4: And, you know, that is what elevates it at the same time. And I think that's what puts it in a separate class of the other canon films at one, you know, like Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. his, his wife believing it's the best so far, the best cinematography. Like I can see, I can see where that point of view is coming from. It's perhaps the most modern it's pushing the edge for, you know, what is acceptable in what has been done in star Wars films. And, but that in itself is what makes it is what sets it apart in a way that makes some people feel like maybe it's, it's just different. You know, it's, it's not, the best for them because those people prefer the tradition of the canon films and yeah. the way they're done.
3: I could see that, and I, I agree with him, man. Some of the cinematography in that is breathtakingly awesome. Agreed. Like, that I scene... think that's
0: why it might be up there for me because, I mean, I don't think the Death Star or or Star Destroyers have ever looked so big.
3: Yeah, or that's... Edwards is
0: very good at scale.
3: Scale is key in that movie um and the i mean there's just some beautiful fucking shots that i can watch those two star destroyers break apart when they hit each other all day just the minute detail that's in all the little pieces flying off and the music and then it's great it's it's fucking great
0: have you ever noticed during the final battle like the way it cuts between the air battle on Scarif and the ground battle like a ship will crash and then it'll show the ship crash and then it pans right over to like the people running on the ground. It's, it's beautiful. It's really, it's quite the, quite the cinematography
3: in that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think they did a real, to me, once they hit Scarif, that is when that movie is, fucking tight man it is primed and ready not that the rest of the movie is bad I just feel like there's little sections that sort of interrupt the awesome in that movie leading up to Scarif but once they hit Scarif it's full-blown awesome and great I mean you know say what you want about the fucking Bodie Rook running the the cable doing his roadie stuff and the giant master switch whatever I don't care that's Star Wars man like there's big master switches and you got to run cat five cable to get an audio signal out to space and shit. But yeah, it's, it's, I know, it's
0: like, it's almost as ridiculous as a, a hole that'll blow up, uh, blow up an entire space
3: station. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like a yeah. tiny little hole. That's just big enough for a, um, a torpedo to go into.
4: Not much bigger than three meters.
3: <clears throat> so next up we've got our buddy, King Tom.
0: Oh, are you gonna sorry, are you gonna touch on the uh the rebel stuff he was talking about?
3: Oh yeah, well I mean we can you know, I I am here and there with rebels. I like the finale quite a bit. I know what he means though. It doesn't feel like the conflict was wrapped up or won by either side. Like it was kind of weird in that regard. I'll yeah. continue to watch Rebels because it's Star Wars, but it's never gonna be like in my top tier oh this is my favorite star wars ever and that's just it's just something i've had to resign myself to um what's your feelings on rebels brad i know you uh you're up to date
0: yeah um i didn't hate it for the longest time but uh the the what's annie get your gun reference that that play that's that's honestly the worst thing that's ever happened in Star Wars canon.
3: Are you talking about It's like the Big Bang um... theory of,
0: <laughs> like they just the joke was that they referenced something. It's oh uh, that's probably the worst thing that's ever happened in Star Wars. So I mean other than that it, it's fine.
4: Explain was, this cuz I'm not aware. Yeah, why don't you break oh, it down for or, him?
0: So there's two droids, uh AP5 and Chopper. Chopper's an Astromech, AP5 is like a C3PO type Protocol droid It looks a bit different, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and they were talking about uh, they were supposed to be hacking into something or whatever. And AP Five's like, "Oh, anything you can do, I can do better." And then Chopper goes, rant, rant, rant. And then AP Five goes, "Yes, I can." So you know he's saying, "No, no, you can't." So it's and "Yes, I can." No, you can't. Can. You yeah. know that reference? Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're they're mon- they're referencing stuff. I mean, that's modern day Earth. Well, relatively modern day. It's like the fifties or something, but right. It's like those
3: droids shouldn't know
4: what those universes is. shouldn't cross. That's like a wink and a nod to the audience.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are, the, those are the worst. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. That was a pretty bad episode all around, let's be honest. <clears throat> yeah. So next up we have King Tom, King of all Toms, King Tom. Hall's and will. The entertaining discussion between you guys and Chris following last week's Cockhead Anthem got me thinking about how long we've been discussing the virtues and failings, okay, more failings than virtues, of Kia D. Mundy. So I searched through the Royal Archives, a.k.a. my Gmail sent items, and found my first ever email to you guys about the chumpiest Jedi ever. It was dated April 11th. It was a response to an email from my buddy Joe, which aired on the previous week's episode released April 9th. We've been talking about Kia D on Blue Harvest for a year, or more accurately, Halls and Will have been putting up with us talking about Kia D, <laughs> his boneheaded actions and his boner head for a year. So happy Addie Mundyversary to all my Moisture Farmer buddies, to Steve-A-D and Gia Money for the greatest song ever, to Rich from Boston for serving as the Van Gogh of Mundy art, To the fern-loving Kit Fisto and the ever-salty Sores Bandim for letting us know what life is really like inside the Jedi Temple. To the cock Jedi, who is, of course, himself, Kia D. Mundi, for solving the mystery of who's been microwaving fish in my office. To Kia D.'s future incarnations, Dengar and Al Bundy, who redefined the word (laughs) pathetic while holding on to that Mundi spirit. And to my buddy Joe, who kicked off the conversation, the world will never know a bigger Mundiac than you. Happy Addie Addy Mundiversary, and here's to many more. And, Halls, have a great time at Celebration next week. Thanks for reading your pal King Tom. That is fucking crazy that we have been a year-long treatise on Kia D.
4: Right. I should have been keeping notes for a thesis. A thesis yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you get your doctorate in Cockhead.
4: I have a PhD in Kia D. <laughs> PhD <laughs> in
0: Kia D. Yeah, it's sort of weird that he, he's sort of I mean because of this podcast he sort of transcended his role in in the movies like sort of how Jar Jar's just a meme now, like he's right. he's funny he's funnier as a meme than he is in the movies. Kia D is more badass as a you know, as a meme as, than than he was in the movies. It's, I'm telling
3: you right now. Part of my uh, celebration hunting, I'm looking for the perfect piece of Kia D merchandise. There's got to be somewhere on that con floor that's got, I don't know, a mini bust or a figure or something. I'm going <laughs> to come back with, and it is, I'm going to set it up right on the podcast table and just stare at it every episode. <laughs> and just imagine. Well, you can
0: hollow it out and put your mic inside the big
2: dickhead. Oh,
3: my God. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great idea. If I if I talked into a Kia D mic that just looked like his big old boner head. Oh, I gotta get somebody on that. That is a capital idea. Capital. Capital idea. I and mean, yeah. I
4: feel like we have legitimate reasons to talk about Kia D's, you know, failings and his successes, about his legacy. You know, there's a reason he's become the focus of our discussions and our fans discussions you know and and instead of you know that what's that lame chick that's got her her favorite character is the one from uh the little kid from the phantom menace
3: oh um kitster kitster
4: yeah you don't have any reason for that to be your favorite character like there's (laughs) no he's got two seconds (laughs) of film screen time there's a reason kia d deserves discussion
3: and yeah there's plenty of things to discuss but it always just comes back to me being like
4: hur, hur, his head looks like a dick right <laughs> but that's because we're you know we have the humor of middle schoolers yep yep <laughs> blue harvest we like yep. dick jerk we like dick jokes and poop jokes fart jokes
3: i mean come on there's There's gold to be had in them there hills. (laughs) All right. Next up, we've got our uh, buddy Oliver from Sweden. Uh, Definitely not a catfish. Uh, Thank you very much, Will. Don't even say another
4: international episode.
3: Hey, you guys. Your Swedish buddy Oliver here. (laughs) I hope that you both are well, and congratulations in arrears, Halls. So I just checked, and last week it was one year ago since I sent in my first email to your... Did King Tom... And Oliver send in their first emails to the podcast on the same episode. King Tom is Oliver.
4: Are oh. they? The, yeah.
0: Are they the same person?
3: Oh, Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Quick aside.
3: I'll get right back to, to fucking uh, Oliver's email. But you saying this made me think of something. I want to tell you both the dopiest fucking Snoke theory that I, I like. This takes the cake. And I've seen some awful ones like steel. You get, you need to get a care package together to some for someone. (laughs) Okay. Of some suckers and some shirts and some stickers. All right. So there's a certain star Wars YouTuber out there who is universally known for providing bullshit. He claims in one of his recent videos that the name Snoke is an anagram for Sith No one knew existed. That is why you need a Snoke's Theory Sucks sticker, my friends. That is why. Oh my God. I think that pissed Brad off so bad he hung up. Hold on one second. Let me try to get him back. He was like, I got to get out of here. (laughs) I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Hold on one second. I'm going to
4: start cussing.
3: All right. We got him back. So... We thought that dropping that literally made Brad hang up his his Skype call, but no, it was just a 10. I was like, oh my God, did he just cut off? Like, was he like, fuck this, I'm done. I'm going to go get into He Man or something. I'm going to go sell all my Star Wars toys and get into fucking Tamagotchis. (laughs) (sighs) But no, that wasn't. I just don't even know where to start. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's nothing we need to discuss. I just wanted to share the ludicrousness of such a statement.
4: And at this and point, people like that are just creating bullshit
3: to be for shock value of how ridiculous it is. Right. Or that's, I, I talked to someone about it yesterday and I was like, do you think that it's parody at this point? Do you think he's trying to be ridiculous? And I, I don't think that's the case. I, wow. I I think it's, there are some dumb people out there. Yeah. I think it's either that he's kind of dumb or that he is gullible and gets fed this bullshit, and he's like, oh, I got sources. Let me post this. Who knows? I'm going with what's behind door number one. (laughs) Let's go back to uh, the email. I just wanted to thank you guys a lot for making the podcast and reading all the emails you get. Each week, I'm excited to listen to the new Blue Harvest episode. You guys are awesome. I didn't really have a question for you today. I just felt like writing in. But Celebration is coming up, and I know that Halls is going. Is Will going as well? Anyway, I hope that you have a good time there. I'll be watching it live on YouTube for sure. Many thanks, Oliver. Uh, unfortunate, Unfortunately, Oliver, Will can't make it this year.
4: I'll um, be there in Force Ghost Spirit, though.
3: I'm hoping that we can uh, drag him along to maybe Celebration 2019. That would be cool. That couple, would be cool. A couple of years. Got some time to prepare. Yeah, i'm gonna to try to make it to 2019 as well hopefully oh, yeah oh yeah they got to try
0: to get, I mean, hopefully they do it in seattle i can drive down there but i mean they're not going to switch where it goes just for one guy but that's my
3: <laughs> they're like looking at all the locations and they're like okay anaheim london <laughs> orlando but there's one canadian that wants us to do it in seattle let's fucking do it <laughs>
0: I'll ask really nicely.
3: There you go. I mean, as is the Canadian way. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next up, we got an email from the Star Wars artiste extraordinaire, our buddy Evan. Hey, buddies. It's been a long while since I wrote in, and I hope I don't interrupt the, no- the news of post celebration. Well, guess what? You got it in a before celebration. I just had a quick question. Since I've started following behind-the-scenes news of Star Wars around the time of The Force Awakens, I realized that there, the more I know of how a set and certain elements come together, the less in the universe I feel. When I watched The Force Awakens, all I could think about is the photos I saw as the sets were being built. Because, because Rogue One had less attention, I had less knowledge of these sets and was able to fall into imagination more. Because of this, I've been wondering if I should just stay out of that realm altogether in order to preserve the magic of the films. How do you guys feel about this? Is there such thing as too much background information and that it it can take away from your film experience? Thanks a ton, my friends, Evan. So, uh, that's a good question. Why don't we go to you first, Will?
4: I'll be honest, Evan, that's pretty much what I do. You know, I avoid spoilery things. I avoid looking at shots from the making of the sets. You know, I, and some of it seeps through, you know, I'll, I'll get a peek at things here and there, but for the most part, I, I bury my head in the sand of all that stuff so that I do preserve the magic of a film, but that's just a personal preference. You know, a lot of people still have that magic and follow all the news as well.
3: What about you, Brad? How do you feel about that sort of thing?
0: Uh, I think as long as it's, I'll watch anything, as long as it's not the finished product, uh, like for Rogue One, I listened to all the podcasts about t- breaking down the trailers, but I didn't watch the trailers. For me, it's like I don't want to see the visual finished product and anything other than that. I, I do not care at all. Like I watched the behind the scenes and all that stuff.
3: You didn't watch a single Rogue One trailer before the movie came out? I watched
0: the I watched the teaser. Wow.
3: So are you planning on doing the same for episode eight? It was hard. <laughs> I'll oh. try. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I can't imagine. I had
4: to watch the episode seven trailer like eight times the day it came out at work, like close the light and turn the lights off and close the door.
3: <laughs>
0: be like yeah, the, oh, the only man. time I, I catch them is if they're in the theater and I'm watching another movie just because I want the first time I want to see something, I want it to be on the big screen.
3: So I can understand that. I can understand what where Evans coming from, but you know, I I am more of a see the movie the first time as pure as possible without a whole bunch of spoilers. And then then I like to dig into the making of the movie afterwards because I've already got that imprint of the movie in my head. And then cuz I love the the technical side of the movie making magic. I like to see how the puppets work and how the CG was done and how the sets were built and and things like that. So that's typically how I approach it. And I'll be honest, sometimes like you know, just having this mass of how different things in Star Wars was done. Like if I'm watching Return of the Jedi, I'll be like, "Oh, that's how they did the Rancor in that scene." And I guess it pulls me out a, a little bit, but it doesn't take any enjoyment away from it but uh I, I i guess i do a little bit of both i i try to go in as as unknowledgeable as possible for my first viewing and then i like to sort of dig in and see how they did all the cool shit that they pulled off um really interesting special features on the rogue one blu-ray about how they did leia and tarkin by the way really fascinating <laughs> Alright, so we've got a couple of voicemails, and then that'll do it for us today. Um, first up, we have a voicemail from our buddy, the Vinny the Mando Kenobi. What so, is up? And well,
2: This is Vinny the Mandalorian. Uh, first time voicemail. Really wish I could have sent you guys a drunk birthday voicemail when I was with Sal.
4: It
2: didn't get to happen. Drank a little bit too much, had to go home. (laughs) Anyways, hope you guys enjoy your Mandalorian care package. I threw in some goodies along with those clan patches. I hope you guys uh, could hopefully rock them at celebration. Unfortunately, I won't be there. But I hope you all have fun along with all of the uh, moisture farmers and... uh, Make making Star Wars community. Uh, let's talk Rebels for a second, I guess. Uh, I was very lucky to watch three episodes at Lucasfilm headquarters. Sal was there, and we had a good time. I just can't stand all the crap that's being talked about rebels. It's kind of heartbreaking hearing everybody that's just they're just so bloodthirsty nowadays. Again, we just gotta we just gotta chill and let Falone and his team make their art. You know what I mean? This is not our project it's theirs and i don't know i really enjoy what they're laying out i've gotten the chance to speak to floney about the episodes and ask and pick his brain a little bit and i gotta i gotta tell you this man knows his star wars this man was george lucas's apprentice apprentice He's now the Grand Master of Animation, and I really think that uh, he's doing some good stuff here. Sure, he's stretching that budget as far as he can, and uh, I gotta say, we just gotta get used to there being some stuff that's left to the imagination. Anyways, I'm rambling. Uh, This has been Vinny the Mandalorian. Hopefully I could send more of these. Uh, Maybe even... uh, be a guest
3: on the podcast? Hans? Huh? Will? Maybe? Fuck right, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, Vinny. Uh first off, absolutely, Vinny. You're more than welcome to come and be a guest on the podcast, my man. Are you kidding me? I mean I mean, you're getting your scrape in the bottom of the barrel right now, so you could probably get someone. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> don't you talk about yourself that way, Brad! God damn it, Brad. Um so, I'm, I'm sorry, but don't talk about my friends like that. Hey, hey, you shouldn't talk about yourself uh, like that, e. Eh? Um, this is what I'm going to say. I know that Filoni and, and I feel kind of bad cuz I don't you know what? I feel like we don't trash on rebels as hard as some other people do. Um, <clears throat> Johnny. Well, yeah, sorry Johnny. And, and you know what? It, it, Johnny was an early adopter of Hayden on Rebels, but he is far from uh, a voice alone in the crowd. You know? Oh, yeah, I know. I just talked uh, about him. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, like, I know Dave Filoni can do some of my favorite Star Wars. I know he has done it in Clone Wars, and for the record, some of my favorite Star Wars stuff is in Rebels. Like, I love, love, love... That Sabine uh, arc that they did this year. They finally came around and made Sabine a really compelling, really interesting character that's not just part of the group. Uh, I love the season one finale. I really liked the season two finale. Some of it did disappoint me. Um, Rebels can be really good, and this is the thing. I honestly don't feel like it is 100 percent feloni's fault the issues i have with rebels i think sometimes in rebels defense it gets an unfair comparison to clone wars because clone wars was a situation where george lucas wanted to do animated star wars as close to the level of cinematic star wars as possible so he would just throw millions of dollars at episodes until they got it to where he was comfortable with it and it shows that some of that stuff in clone wars is beautiful and i feel like it's a you know it's a it's an age demographic thing they're definitely going for a a a younger age demographic for rebels I feel like there are definitely maybe some Disney intrusion on Rebels, not in like the, the day-to-day thing, but in sort of the hard, fast rules of Rebels, like, you know, <clears throat> we want the episodes to mostly be standalone, not a whole lot of two-parters, you know, 22 minutes, the story is wrapped up in that 22 minutes, we don't really want stuff carrying on, and I think that's to its detriment, unfortunately. Now, do I, I don't hate Rebels do i love rebels no i'm in like with rebels i'm not in love with rebels i'm in i'm in like with rebels and like i said i'll keep watching it because it's star wars and it's a star wars tv show and you know for a few months out of the year i can get my weekly star wars fix of something new Uh, i I would just like to see them aim a little higher i think um yeah i'm
0: the other, uh, ex- with exception that that thing I mentioned earlier, the the reference, I don't really dislike the show itself. It's it's when it gets to the rebels recon, I should probably stop watching it. And they, if something's a bit kooky, they go, "Oh, it's for kids." But then, if you know, they they basically explain how genius the the fight between Maul and Kenobi was, and I wouldn't be angry with that. Until I watched Rebels Recon or hear it on a podcast, it's it's more right. of the background stuff that that bothers me about that show. It's just like you can't have you can't have both ways. It's for kids and it's it's got all these layers at the same time. It, yeah, it, it's a yeah.
4: <clears throat> I think Hawes's original point of the fact that it's compared to Clone Wars so often is almost unfair because it is so different from Clone Wars. You know, it's just. It's a different beast altogether. And I feel like the ground on which it is built is shaky. It's like a house built on sand. You know, because that time frame is so limiting, I guess, limiting and sacred and dark for the Jedi. But we have a story about two Jedi. It's just... I don't know. I, I'm lacking other ways to describe it, but... I feel like the nature of the story and where it is set is what gives it such hard flack, you know, because I think if you were in another era, I don't know that a lot of this criticism would exist.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's true. And, and I get what he's saying about the whole bloodthirsty thing. And I've, I've fallen victim to it too, where I'm like, well, Ezra and Kanan have got to die. And (laughs) and it does. It makes me kind of feel bad that I'm like, Oh, these characters got to die. But, you know,
4: but you set. I mean, you you set that up. You know, I mean, not you, but Lucasfilm and the canon, and you know the Jedi purge, and you know the fact that Je- You know the fact that Darth Vader killed all the Jedi. You know you don't want a, a an asterisk. You know, Darth Vader killed all the Jedi except for like these three characters
3: who went on and became something other than. You know, it gets a little too complicated and muddied when you try to you know, extrapolate and figure out a way to keep them alive, I guess. Um, Feels like retconning. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't necessarily, you know, growing up as a comic fan, a retcon is not necessarily a bad thing in my mind, but I don't think you need to go and retcon things from fucking the three most classic movies of all time.
4: That's what I'm saying. It's sacred. It's sacred ground.
3: So, next up, we got a voicemail from our buddy Richie from Bastion.
1: What's up, Hawes and Will? This is your buddy Richie. Guys, I am so grateful for your fucking podcast, I gotta tell you, because I am getting fucked in the dumper today. It's Saturday, (laughs) April 1st. I just finished the most recent episode of Blue Harvest. I'm shoveling eight inches of snow out in my driveway, and it's fucking that wet, heavy, New England-style snow, and I'm just fucking hating on life right now. Um, Thank God I got Blue Harvest, because I'm fucking giggling my ass off out here. My (laughs) wife's like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? So, you know, I was listening to the great cock versus dick debate, and i got to be honest, I'm a neither of the above. If I had to pick one... I'd pick cock, but only because I'm in Massachusetts. You see, you watch those old, like, California pawns and shit where the fucking dudes, like, getting into it, and he's like, oh, yeah, baby, you like my cock? It just it just sounds stupid. It's, it like, it sounds funnier than Dick does. But if you're from Massachusetts and you, you fucking get into it, you're like, oh, yeah, you like my fucking big, hard cock? Oh. It just sounds like it's got a little extra oomph to it. So... probably why my accent's the greatest one on the planet. Um, However, I did say I'm none of the above. My favorite euphemism is hog. Baby, you want to see my big fat fucking hog? That's mine. So, oddly enough, I had a couple of Star Wars things I wanted to ask you guys about. Now, recently, Bob Iger came out and he said something about Han Solo being 18 to 24, and I know on Rogue One, Johnny was a little confused and said that was kind of an odd number, and I agree. And then the fucking, um, you know, Disney came out and said something about there being no Skywalkers in future trilogies. Now, I'm wondering if you guys think Disney sort of tipped their hand on a couple of things. Number one, I don't think the Han Solo thing is necessarily a a weird number because 18 to 24 is a pretty popular demographic category if you're interested in that sort of shit i think that's a category that demographers came up i wonder if disney's just appealing to that audience with the han solo film and it's not really his age but their target audience and secondly did they tip their hand with the the no skywalkers thing are we talking about you know ray's not a skywalker potentially ben solo's dead uh, you know be interested to hear what you guys think on that. All right. Now I'm going to go shovel some more. Take care, guys.
3: I would never refer to my wiener as a hog. Like, I couldn't take myself seriously. Like, and I would never refer to my wiener as a big fat wiener. Like, well, it's, just, it his it's, root. Just, it's just a goose. No, goose doesn't call it his root. Goose's buddies in Arkansas call it his root. Their root.
4: Yeah. Goose calls it something else, too, though.
3: I mean, goose probably has a diary full of different things to refer to his wiener as like big fat just seems too overly confident. Like I, I just don't have that in me and, 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 and I would just feel silly. I'd be like, yeah, I'm lying. Yeah. Great. Look <laughs> at me lying. Look, look at me. I'm helicoptering the world. Well, it world's sounds tiniest than, helicopter.
4: You know, you don't want to say my girthy average size penis, you know, <laughs> You want to? Say well, I don't know, rap. man.
3: You're you're the one that came down on the side of penis last. Mm, actually, <laughs> I refer to it as my penis. Oh, would would you like perhaps perhaps would you like to see my penis?
4: Excuse me, madam. Would you like a slice of this penis?
3: <laughs> a slice? A slice? A <laughs> fraction? <Yikes. laughs> a, an eighth? A an- quarter inch? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! This is horrible. This is so horrible. Oh. <laughs> This Chris. is what happened, Chris Fresh. This I is think... all you, buddy.
0: You <laughs> yeah, sent us down man. this I'm, dark timeline. I'll send time a line. picture of a Star Wars skateboard later to get him back
3: for this. <laughs> 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 so, um, two Richie Star Wars points. Uh, I think he might be onto something with the whole eighteen to twenty. Now, I I do think that he was being pretty literal when he said it's going to cover Han Solo from the ages of eighteen to twenty four. But I think he might be on to something with the whole demographic thing. What do you guys think?
4: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think that's pretty right on.
0: Uh, As someone who's in that age, and my favorite character isn't one of my favorite characters. An old, wrinkly guy. It's not necessarily for me, but I can see how that might get new people into Star Wars. What do you think? I don't even think maybe. May not, maybe not even 18 to 24 people, but maybe like 14 to 18, right. where they're, that's where they're going to be. That's someone who they can look up to in a few years'
3: time. Yeah. What do you think Sheev would refer to his his wiener as? The dark side? <laughs> <laughs> the
4: supreme galactic power.
3: <laughs> Stare upon my Kaiba crystal. Do it. Um,
0: well, if he, if he is the Senate, then then his dick would be the
3: Chancellor. Oh, it? that's he calls it his Chancellor. That perf, perf fucking perfect, <laughs> fucking perfect. Um, he calls it his Walrus Man. <laughs> the power of the Walrus Man. Um. Uh, and his other point now the Bob Iger thing about there not being any Skywalkers I think that got sort of misreported and misconstrued I think he was playing his cards close to the chest and said you know that they're sort of examining the possibility of that honestly I think if Ray is not a Blood-related Skywalker, I I could still see her taking the name Skywalker, and the the line continuing continuing that way. I, I just have this thing where like people, you know, people are like, oh, I think they're going to get rid of the Jedi. I don't think the term Jedi will ever be expelled from Star Wars canon in the enumerated movies for brand recognition alone. I don't but think. I mean,
4: the we, Jedi are such force for good you know the, they're I think, the knights and peacekeepers like I think they're it, what every kid wanted to grow up and be
3: I think it's more of a case where we will see a recontextualization of what a Jedi is under a new order like I think we will move away from sort of the dogmatic problematic version of the Jedi we saw in the prequels but I think it's more likely that they'll keep the name Jedi they will just have you know, a different code or operate in a different way. Under, Less like monks. Yeah. More on, like, you know.
0: yeah, the, I mean, the Jedi is like one of the best made up words ever. Yes. So you wouldn't want
3: to, you wouldn't want to get rid of that altogether. I mean, a I waste, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, with these spin-off movies, there's going to be elements that don't show up that we're used to. Like I, We're not going to see a lightsaber in the Han Solo movie. It would be ridiculous for us to see a lightsaber, I think. You know, we're probably not going to see anybody using the Force. That's fine for a spinoff movie. For the saga films, however, I just feel like, you know, Jedi, even more than Sith, is something you're not going to get rid of. Lightsabers, not something you're going to get rid of. The Force, you know, not something you're going to get rid of.
4: I think if you did get rid of it, you're looking at, a disservice, well, you know. You like, I hope you want to
3: make less money on your franchise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see where it goes. So, I think that's uh, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Sorry, it's a little longer one or a little shorter one. Um, you know, I just got a lot of shit to take care of before I hit the road to Orlando. We For got the a
0: celebration.
3: We got a couple of. I got a uh,
0: galaxy to establish, and
3: you know, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I am, I'm going to be doing some of that myself once I get this all taken care of. Um, buddy Brad, why don't you tell all our good listeners where they can find you on social media and all that kind of stuff?
0: Uh, uh you can find me on Twitter at the uh, on Instagram at the Good the Brad and the Snuggly, and uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on like the Steel Wars Safe Haven and the uh, Rogue One chat or the group or whatever. That's that's pretty much it.
3: All righty. Well, uh, you guys should, like I said, check out those tickets for the Star Wars Celebration Party making Star Wars shindig at uh, uh, on Friday the 14th or yeah friday the 14th um if you need a link to that there'll be one in the show notes there you can see it on the blue harvest twitter the making star wars twitter steel wars twitter if you're looking for these tickets they're easy enough to find they're 25 bucks with two drinks come out have a good time with us uh if you like our the band that does the music for our intro theme they are stoned cobra And you can check them out on iTunes, on Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And I think that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Brad, thanks so much for uh, heeding the call last minute. I went and got my my special horn that was carved out of moose antler, and I was like, (laughs) and he answered the call. Well, uh, All right. well, guys, for having me. Oh, yeah. Anytime, buddy. We're going to have you on again sometime. And once I finish that third fucking Aftermath book, we're going to have you on. We'll explain the Aftermath thing to Will and we'll vent some of our frustrations. How's that sound?
0: Yeah, much needed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, guys, real quickly, Star Wars celebration plans. I have some things sort of tentatively set. I'm going to be recording some special podcasts. Um, as long as everything goes to plan, you know, I, I, I've i never been to a celebration, so I don't really know how much time I'm going to be in lines trying to get into these panels and stuff, but if I can make it happen, there will be a few extra episodes for you guys next week. Now, if, if we get a trailer at the Last Jedi panel, then I will be doing my best to hook up with my buddy Will from my hotel room in Orlando so we can break that shit down for you guys and give you guys our thoughts on it. If not, we'll do it the, the next week. Um, you know, I just I can't really say I don't know what the Wi-Fi situation at my hotel is going to be like and, and all those things, but just know that I'm going to be going to celebration with podcasting in mind, and hopefully I can put out some, as our buddy Steele would say, sweet content for you guys. So look forward to that. In the meantime, we have been Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Pauls Burckhardt. I'm your host, Will Witten. And our guest has been... Brad Love. May the Force be with you.
4: May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.